Thanks, guys. So I'm just going to get Donna to um, just to come up, and uh, she she received a word uh, in a leaders' meeting when Ryan was uh, preaching. Donna, my beautiful wife. Um, so when Ryan was here last week, we were quite um, like privileged, actually, because we, we saw him the Thursday morning. He spoke to all the, the lead elders and full-time elders, and our work had already started. And then by that Friday night, um, <clears throat> there was a deacon and elders meeting. And, um, and I think just the whole weekend flowing from that, there was just such an overflow of the worship, because we experienced that at the gathering, and then even last week, Sunday, here... Um, but during that time, um, we had just the most intense worship session, and, and the Lord, um, it doesn't always happen, but I felt like the Lord actually take me into his throne room during the one worship session, and, um, and I saw him sitting there, and it was just beautiful and white, and sitting on his throne, and his hand was resting on something, and, and I couldn't see clearly what it was, and then I saw all these elders bowing down before him and laying down their crowns, and later on, I mean, this place was so full, so we couldn't come to the front to share it with Andrew, but I did send it to him, but someone else had the word about elders laying their crowns down at that exact time, um, and... Um, and while I looked at this and I thought, wow, this is amazing. It's, it's the right posture of everyone towards the Lord. But I saw his hand was resting on a sword. And um, the sword was intensely um, exquisite and, and beautiful and sharp. Um, it was like if a, if a scarf had to fall on it, it would just slice through it perfectly. Um, and um, sorry, I'm not just. <laughs> and, um, and so. So he was, his hand was resting on this, and the picture actually seemed quite frightening in some ways, like the Lord sitting there with his hand on this sword that could slice through anything. Um, and then the Holy Spirit started whispering to me and saying, um, double-edged sword. So I went and I, and I saw the scripture from Hebrews 4, verse 12, and it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And in other translations, it says it exposes or discerns our innermost desires or intentions. And I felt like the words that Ryan was bringing that time um, were going to be used by the Lord as that sword cutting through. Um, and um, there was a weight to it that even though this was an amazing time and we had so much fun and it was such a vibe and you go to the gathering and you see all your friends from across, that there was a weightiness to the words that he was bringing um, and, um, and that it was the Lord using it, but it was out of the Lord's kindness, his gentleness, his mercy. It wasn't because he was coming to, um, you know, beat you with a stick like sometimes, you know, that whole thing of the Lord. It was through his gentleness that he was wanting to come and slice away. Well, thanks, Donna. So if we can go to Isaiah, um, faith, Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. And uh, if you like a, a title for this preach, it's uh, preparing your heart to receive the word or receive his word. And Donna shared about the power of God's word. So Isaiah 55, 10 to 11 is talking about his word. And it says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, 
This part here, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, God talking, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And there's a sense here that um, God will send his word to water us, to water the earth. And as his word goes out, that God is saying a pretty incredible thing here, as he's saying somehow the word has effect as he sends it out, that it will not return to him null and void, but will um, achieve the purpose for what he sent it. So his word is coming out through the Bible. He's speaking through the Bible. He's speaking direct to us. And this word is, is coming over the earth. It's coming over us. And God is saying that it's, it's going to produce something. It's not just going to uh, disappear into nothingness, but it's actually going to produce uh, some kind of fruit. And when we look at that scripture that Donna shared earlier, Hebrews 4.12, it says that um, God's word is living and active. And the Greek actually says that the sentence order of that is a little bit different. And I think the sentence order in Greek gives a, gives a different uh, emphasis. So it says, yeah, for the word of God is living and active. The Greek says living is the word of God. And it's a subtle difference, but it, the, the, there's a power in the word of God. And we know that things, how do we know that, that something is living? Look at any creature on earth, uh, even plants. <laughs> um, how do we know that it's living? We know that it's living because it breathes. And that the, that, that the Word of God is living and breathing. It's alive. And uh, today we're going to look at, at us, uh, our hearts, engaging that Word so that it can achieve what Hebrews, um, Hebrews uh, uh, sorry, Isaiah 55 says, that, that, that it can return to Him with fruit. As God breathes over our lives with His Word that's alive, He wants a... Uh, response. He wants a fruit. He wants a, uh, a result to happen. And how can we position ourselves so that that happens? You know, we're receiving a lot of the word at the moment. You know, we listen to Ryan and, and we're going to be going to the conference soon in, in September uh, for those of us that are fortunate to have, an, have a ticket. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and those many of us are still trusting uh, for a ticket, but um, remember to get your tickets early next year. So, but as we receive all this word, what is the effect of that word over our hearts? As you read the Bible in the morning and have your quiet time, what is the effect of that word over your over your life? Because God is saying that this word must re- that that it must return, uh, having achieved the the, the desire and purpose that he has, that he sends it. And how can we position ourselves and how can we position our hearts? And Rihanna's going to share a little bit uh, later about this because I think God is talking about this. We can't just receive word and receive his word into our lives without anything happening. But we sometimes see that it does, nothing happens. And, and why is it not happening? And, and how can we adjust so that it does uh, achieve uh, the purpose for which God sends it. Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
and the man became a living being. We see that God is breathing into a man and bringing him to life. And God wants to breathe into us and bring us to life. And real life, Jesus, you know, Jesus says he came to give us life and to give us full life. But not all of us are walking in full life. Or sometimes we're walking in full life and sometimes we're like, I just don't feel like I'm walking in full life. Um, but God wants to breathe into us. So we see this, this idea of the word being living and breathing. And if there's anything that I can leave with you today is this concept that the word of God is powerful. What Donna shared is powerful. It's a, it's, imagine a sword that Donna shared, even if you have to let a, a piece of satin fall on the sword without any pressure, it would just be cut in half. That the, that, the, that the word of God cuts between soul and spirit, bone and, and, and marrow. That the, the word of God is powerful. And if it grips us, as it gripped many, many men and women and children over the last you know, 2,000 years and even into the Old Testament, thousands of years, if, if the word of God, which is powerful like that sword, that Donna described, that Jesus holds, and also that he, you know, says comes out of his mouth, he speaks out of his mouth to us. If that word of God can grip us and have its effect, it's not just words, it's got power, God breathes into us. Incredible thing, revival will happen, incredible things will happen. You know, Andrew says, what is revival? Andrew says, I am revival. Like revival starts with one. It starts with you. Don't look to join a meeting to get revival. Don't look in the newspaper and say, what church is having revival? Revival has got to begin in you. That's where revival begins. It begins in you and your quiet time alone with God as the Word of God grips you and as God breathes into you and as you come to life. But today we'll see that that often it doesn't happen. We, as I, even as I shared it now, I can see you, your hearts are going, yes. There's something in you going, yes, that's what I was born again for. But why, why, why am I sometimes, that's, you know, I, I remember when it, when it does happen, but I also remember when it doesn't happen, and why doesn't it happen, and how can we be equipped today so that, that I, I, those occasions can be more, that I can be more responsive um, to the Lord 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 says a description of love. And this is the word of God going out. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. This is a description of a God pad. It's not proud. And so on. And then in verse 7, it says, um, it always hopes. You know, that word gripped me because... You know, we, we struggle with, you know, my, my marriage with Donna is good, but my marriage with Donna wasn't always good. And there was a time where I was losing hope in our marriage. And I was starting to get into this, this state of, of hopelessness. And I know that faith is a substance of things hoped for. There needs to be a, a foundation of hope so that faith can spring forth and operate. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't hopeful for us. Would you come stand next to me? I wasn't, I wasn't hopeful I wasn't hopeful for this, but that word of God says, um, if we can keep it our faith, that, that word of God says that love always hopes, and the word of God in, Hebrew, in, uh, in 
um, Ephesians 5 says that husbands love your wives. Husbands agape your wives. And, and then it just says that God, uh, uh, agape always hopes. I've got to hope in this. That word started to get into me and I, I, it started to change me so that we can actually stand you happy and not dismayed. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, it's power. The, we wouldn't be sitting like this unless the Word of God got into me because it, it, it goes forth to produce fruit. And God's desire in that is that that Word changes my marriage because it, 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 He speaks it out so that it, it, will, it, will, it will achieve that which is desired and, and which He purposes for it. We need to grapple with the Word of God. The Word of God is not just words. It's, it's something much more powerful. It's something living and breathing and sharp. It's got a life of its own. Jeremiah 29, 11. We've all got this in our fridge magnets. So if you, this is the most popular fridge magnet in the world, okay? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. For those of us struggling with depression, and I would say depression is probably one of the easiest, most common, not easiest, one of the most common things in this world. You know, someone wrote a, a book or a, I think it was a movie called Prozac Nation, talking about America, the most prosperous nation on earth. But America is also called Prozac Nation because they need to medicate themselves to try to be happy. Why aren't they happy? Because they've got everything. Why are they struggling so much with depression? Why is the world struggling so much with depression and sadness? And I can't beat this thing. And medication is part of the fight, but at the end of the day, we want to be free. And this is, if this word gets in your heart, that God is out to bless you, and I don't mean that in a prosperity gospel. I mean, I tell you, there's things that are much more valuable than money sometimes. You know, love, joy, and peace. You can't buy those at the shop. Those are gifts from heaven. And when they get in your heart, everyone wants to be you. Because we buy the car so that we can get love, joy, peace. We buy the house so we can get love, joy, peace. We buy the whatever it is. So, it, But why don't we just start with love, joy, peace? Instead of going the other way around and looking to material things for it. But if we can get that into your heart, that God plans to give you hope and a future, not to harm you and to prosper you. If God's out to prosper you, I tell you something, if that word starts to get into your heart, you wake up in the morning, you're looking different. You get up with a spring in your step because you go, God's out to bless me today because that's his plans for me. And scripture is powerful and living and breathing and it's not just a fridge magnet. And he sends out that word because he wants to produce a result in us and a result in the, world, in, the, in the world. He wants the world to respond to his word. So let's grapple. Let me pause for a second. <laughs> Yeah, let's, um, why don't we use um, um, Rihanna now. Rihanna, why don't you come up? Just tell us, tell us about the heart. What you shared with me earlier. 
Sure. Um, Saturday, on our way to the gathering, I got a phone call from my family that my brother was being admitted to a psychic place. So the enemy really tried to rob me from going to the gathering because when we were at Panorama, I said to Ricky, I don't know if I can do this. I can't face people. My heart felt so broken for him. And um, Ricky's like, no, we like, there nearly, let's just do this. So we actually got to the gathering and I was so blessed with like the worship, eh? like, you know, like this, just the, like in God's presence, just being so undone, so undignified. And then um, Sunday, on our way back from the gathering, um, I got a phone call that my brother sort of like manifested so badly at the hospital that even the cops were embarrassed and they took him back home. And I thought, you know what, he's just hopeless. It's hopeless. And then Sunday morning in church, yo, it was like incredible. I stood um, up and I, I just worshipped the Lord. But yet my history is like I felt that I had so much tags on me, like tags that I put on myself, that I believed the lies of the enemy. And then um, Joe actually came up to pray for me. And he spoke about the fire. And as he was praying, I felt the Lord just remove those tags, and I was completely undone, because I didn't expect him to love me so much that he could actually just remove it. And like that sword, he, he cut them away. And then in the week, he um, showed me two people. One was my brother, and one was my father-in-law. So if anybody knows me, the history is intense, and I actually said to the Lord, how do you love them? How do you actually love them with everything they've done? Sure. And in this week, God gave me two things. I received a video of my brother on the beach, on his knees, praying. But like, desperate prayer like I've never heard in my life before. Like, that was all he had. The next thing was my father-in-law. I really thought there was no hope. But God showed me that hope. On Thursday, we were sitting outside and we were having dinner together. And um, he said to us on Monday, he wants to start writing songs. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like, you're not even musical. So on Thursday night, I said to him, come and show us what you've written. Because he's been sitting writing all week, writing. And he bought his book and we sit there and he said to me, put some music on. And Ricky put some instrumental music on. Yo, the Lord cut my heart because I saw the love that he had for him that I thought he had no hope. And there were three, three lines that came up and it said, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, who are you? And then, Jesus, I need you. And as that happened, I just saw the love of the Lord cut away everything. So I just want to encourage everybody today. If you've got a family member, you've got hurt inside that nobody can see in your heart, he can cut it away. He can give you freedom. Because we need to step out. You know, we don't have to wait for the 26. We step out today. And we ask him to cut away what keeps us from his purpose. So I want to encourage you, do it. He's worth it. He's worth it. So yeah, thank you, Lord, for your hope. Thank you. Thanks, Joey. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
Thanks, Rihanna. So, you know, Joe had a picture in our, in our elders meeting, and I don't know, maybe this is just something that, uh, uh, that Joe does, but um, if you put a Mentos in a bottle of Coke, do you know that there's a, quite a huge reaction? Now, imagine the Mentos is, a, is, is the Word of God, symbolic, but if you put a Mentos in a, a bottle of water, do you know what happens? Nothing. And it's, you know, why, why is that? Why is, why is, you know, the mensis is the word of God and a bottle of Coke versus a bottle of water is determining the outcome. I think what Rihanna is saying sometimes, maybe often, what's determining the outcome is actually our hearts. God is speaking all the time. But if our hearts are not positioned well, if there isn't enough passion, if there's something that's not allowing us to engage the word well, we have a, a, a mentos. You know what a mentos is? Like a little sweet. There's something in this, the sweet that's causing a reaction. But if our hearts are just like a bottle of water, nothing happens. Like it's just the word of God. But if our hearts are like Coke, you know, somehow the Hearts are made, made, the, the Lord's made our, somehow we, our hearts are like Coke. There's this reaction, and, and, and things are happening. And, and I, I, I want us to be like Coke. I, I want to be like Coke. You know, we have for a short period of time on earth, and I, I don't want to be receiving his word and, and, and nothing happening. I, I want my life to be changed. And Rihanna spoke about the word of God cutting cutting off all the garbage. So Matthew 13, 1 to 9, this one's brilliant. This is Jesus talking about this. And he said, as we look at the scripture here, the, the, the farmer is sowing seed. Seed is his word. So he's throwing out seed. That's his word. He's constantly throwing it out. And then there's four types of soil. And the soil is representative of our hearts. Okay, so when you see seed, Think the Word of God. When you see soil, think this is our hearts. And you've got to decide at the end of the Scripture, which soil do you want to be? Which, which heart state do you want to be? That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying... A farmer went out to sow his seed. It's God speaking his word, yeah, through his Bible and to us privately. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Okay, and that's A. The first, the first type of soil is the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. Okay, that's the second one, B, rocky places. Where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns. That's seed. That's the third, part, the, the third type of soil is thorns or has thorns in it, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. And that's the fourth soil. That's the soil that you want. That's the Coke. Yeah? Still, other seed fell on Coca-Cola. 
where it produced a crop. There was a reaction. There was a reaction in us. There was an action. There was fruit. 160 or 30 times it was sown. I mean, Jesus is quite generous. He doesn't say double or triple or quadruple. He says a hundred times. Imagine in our hearts the word of God producing a hundred times more than what we received. We receive something that's so small and suddenly there's all this fruit. And then Jesus explains in Matthew 13, 18 to 23, what this parable means. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When everyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, so when they receive the word, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they fall away quickly. That's B. See, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. That's C. And then D, finally, the Coca-Cola. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Something happens with some kind of reaction. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So the first ground is hard, okay? Because it's the path. It's where the path is is where it's been walked upon. It's been downtrodden. It's been compacted. And the Lord says that we need to be uh, allow our, our soil to be tilled. We need to allow the Lord to plow up our ground. We need to allow the Lord to upheave our lives. We like our lives to be ordered and all our ducks in a row. And the Lord is saying, I, I might want to just plow it. And, and we, I, some of us, we don't want to get plowed. I, we want our lives to be just the way they want. We don't want change. We don't want that upheaval to happen. We need to be ready for the new. People don't like change. We don't like change. We don't like moving houses, moving jobs, moving whatever, changing behavior, changing food. We don't like it, but we need to be ready for a newness. The Lord says that he puts new wine into new wineskins. That the old wineskins won't contain the new wine. And if you've got an old wineskin... You need to, a hard, like that hard soil, you need to maybe be open to the Lord giving you a new wineskin today and in the, in the season that we're going into. Hebrews 10, uh, sorry, Hosea 10, 12, Old Testament says, uh, so righteous for yourself, reap the fruits of unfair, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. Your unplowed ground. Are you going to let the Lord plow your ground? It, you know, unplowed ground. You're going to say, Lord, I don't. You know, I don't feel like change, but change is part of receiving the Word of God. Is change. You can't receive the Word of God without being ready to be changed.
what I've been ready to be plied up, what I've been saying anything can change at any time, Lord. Are you there now? That's why the young guys sometimes receive the word better because they're so much more open to change because, I mean, they're young. They haven't, you know, got like 40 years behind them. They haven't had time for all the systems and ways of doing things to be set in their way. I mean, they don't even know what like going to happen next week. You know? The older guys know what's going to happen next year. Some of the older guys know what's going to happen in 10 years' time. You've got everything mapped out. Are you willing to let the Lord just plow it up? God, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to be like a young person. I mean, I asked Nick, do you know what's going to happen next week? Nick's going to be like, eh. I asked one of the older guys, oh, no, this is exactly what's going to happen on Monday. At 8.15, this is what I'm doing. Are we ready for the new? In Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, and this is a, 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 pre, um, a precursor to that first scripture we read in Isaiah 55, 11, that talks about his word going out. This comes just before that, in 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. The Lord's rebuking us. He's saying, you know, we've got our plans. We've got our things that we think. And the Lord's saying, my plans, my my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. We're mapping out our lives and God's saying, please. My ways are not your ways. We, we think this is the way that, that we must do it. And the Lord's saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can we give ourselves into the Lord's and be more consumed about what He thinks? His thoughts, His mind is so much more clever than us. But we so often, we feel like we're so much more clever than Him, and our ground is so hard. The soil is so hard that His, his Word can't penetrate because we feel like we're so much more clever than him. And if we make ourselves vulnerable and, and say, Lord, you know better than me. I, I'm clueless. I'm clueless. Do we present ourselves clueless to him and say, Lord, I, honestly, that's the problem with man is we thought we'd be more clever since day one. And Eve thought she was more clever than God. Because God said, don't eat of that tree. And she thought she was more clever than God. And she ate that tree because that fruit looked good. And that fruit killed us all. And here we sit because Adam and Eva are great, 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 great grandparents. All of us. And we sit here with death and disease and misery and disunity. And this world's a mess and we've got wars. And we've got all kinds of dramas and marriages are in trouble and kids aren't being raised well and we don't do our jobs well and all kinds of problems in this world because Eve thought she was more clever. And Adam went with her. Yeah? God is clever. Everyone say, God is clever. More than me. The second soil was rocky ground. So rocky soil is often shallow soil. The seed cannot go deep. 
And I think that shallowness in our lives, you know, we're talking about this at community, and I was, Gavin, was also, Gavin uh, Rudolph was also sharing about it, is that the Bible talks about this, this Hebrew word called selah. You read a psalm and then it says selah. Selah, the, 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 many guys wonder what does selah mean. Most of the commentators say it means pause. You know, we in our 2023 is the, the date is we struggle with pause because we're a microwave generation. We want everything fast. And it makes us shallow. We don't, have, we don't spend enough time to pause, to slow down our lives and allow the word to go deeper, to sink in. You know, the, <clears throat> I've heard this phrase that still waters run deep. We're, right, we, we're so fast, we're moving so fast through life. Uh, we're sharing a community group on Wednesday, and um, it was, um, was it Elaine that shared about, it's already like August, and like what happened to this year? Was it Elaine? Oh, it was Elaine. Um, like it's August. Have any of us paused this year? <laughs> Have any of us paused? Have you paused? Have you paused, or you're just thinking about the next thing? Have you actually slowed down and gone, okay, um, whatever your age is, can I just stop for a moment and just let the world stop? Let my world stop. Let me just sit still for five minutes. We struggle to sit still. You know, the, 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 the God says, be still and know that I'm God. Are we pausing? Because if we're not pausing, we're being shallow. Unless we're sitting there at the feet and allow time for his word to sink deeper, the word like just bounces. It doesn't go deep. And we shallow soil. Selah. You know, when you, when you have that time in the morning um, with the Lord, and, and really you have to have that time with the Lord. I don't want to preach... Um, rules and regulations, but I tell you what, you've got to make some time for the Lord. I make time for Donna deliberately and intentionally. Otherwise, you know, everything just carries on. You've got to make time for the Lord. Most guys make it in the morning. There's scriptures about meeting with the Lord morning and evening. The, 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 the benefit of the morning is you set up your day. You know, if you're only going to, well, I only have a quiet time with the Lord in the evening, well, what did you do all day, you know? Did you start the day with the Lord? And when you sit there with the Lord, and you quickly go through your scriptures or your, or your devotion or whatever, are you at least for five minutes sitting there with your tea and coffee and just pausing? I'm not going to think about anything. I'm not even going to pray anything. I'm just going to pause and allow him to come. I'm just going to stop my day for five minutes. Can we do five minutes? Stop my day for five minutes and just do nothing. I don't think it's a big ask out of 24 hours that we've given. But we struggle. We struggle with even, five, even when I said five minutes, you guys are going like, ooh, can I do nothing for five minutes? Can I let no thought come into my mind for five minutes? That's why phones are sometimes the worst places to have your Bible apps on. Because ding, WhatsApp comes through, you know, all this stuff, like, you know, the old, you know, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time with, on my Bible app, on my phone, but sometimes the paper version is better because nothing else is happening with the paper version, you know? There isn't any little other distractions. 
The third soil was thorny. And it's, the Bible says it represents the cares, pleasures, and problems of the world. And it consumes the seed so that it couldn't grow. Matthew 16, 90, 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lucas had this really cool picture. He shared it a few, probably two months ago, something like that. He said, we're all like on a, on a you know, Lucas, you know, he's a bit of a jet setter, so he's flying around somewhere. Who knows where? where. You must actually try Google Lucas. You know, he'll feature on Google and news articles and stuff because he's quite a high-profile businessman historically anyway. But while he was flying around, he had this picture of, while you're on an airplane next to your seat, you never, like, hang up new curtains next to the window and, you know, change, put new material on your seats and maybe add something there, you know, maybe, you know, make it, decorate it and make it more beautiful and uh, why? Because it's going to end soon. You know, in, in two, three hours, you, you're going to be off it. And you, but, but, and life is like that. We hear, the Bible says we're just here for a short period of time. But we want to, we actually just in transition. We're on a flight right. We're all on a flight right now. But we get so consumed with this world that our heart becomes here where Jesus is saying, where well, your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our heart needs to be in the next destination. When I'm in my, my seat in the airplane, I'm enjoying like the moments and I maybe I'll be watching a movie. I'm enjoying that. But I'm really thinking about the purpose of this flight. It's not to sit there and watch the movie. My purpose is to get to the destination. What is our destination? Our destination is heaven. That's why Jesus died. He didn't just die to give us a good life here, although he can make it more um, bearable because he comforts us. He died so that he could secure for us a room in his father's house in heaven. And he secured that room for you, and that's the room you need to be looking for. There are many rooms in my father's house, Jesus said. And I will go ahead and prepare a place for you. Jesus is talking about the place that he's preparing there, not so much here. He's got something for us here too. But that's actually the emphasis. It's kind of our hearts there. We, you, you, if that's starting to lose a little bit, the thorns are starting to consume that word so that it doesn't because our hearts are here and not there. Job 31.1 says, it says, the cares and the pleasures. It said, I made a covenant, covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. And... Uh, Is that, is that, what did I give you? 31.1? Okay, maybe it's 31. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lust for the young woman. And then uh, 
Job 1.1 1, 1 says that blameless and up, uh, Job was uh, someone that was blameless and upright, who feared God and shunned evil. You know, the pleasures of this world, Job 31.1, yeah, that a girl or a young maiden or a virgin or that's all the various translations. You know, for the men, that thing there can, can it's a pleasure of this world. It can steal the word from having fruit in our hearts. And Job made a covenant, and he said, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. And that's a challenge for us because men, we're just getting constant. It's constant. But that can choke the word. It's a thorn that could choke the word. And then finally, the fourth soil, the Coca-Cola. Matthew 13, 8 to 9. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Why don't you just stand up where you are and if you can just think for a moment about uh, what Rihanna shared earlier about our hearts and where our hearts, and I'm going to pray for all of us now, because I think that this message is for every single one of us. I think that every single one of us wants to see the Word of God produce fruit in our hearts. Yes? So why don't you just, just where you are, just as a, uh, an act of response, why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord, however you feel comfortable. And I just want to pray for those Three areas that are preventing the Word of God from producing fruit. And the first one is hardness. And um, maybe one of the musicians can come up so long. If, if your heart is hard and you're so set in your ways, I just want to pray for you right now. Won't you, won't you just present yourself to the Lord right now in that area? If your heart is hard, and just say to the Lord, Lord, my heart is hard. Come, plow your ground. Lord, take my life right now. I want to be willing to whatever comes tomorrow. I don't want to 100% know what's coming tomorrow. I'm okay if you change tomorrow. I want to trust you. I want you to let, let you plow up my ground so that my life can produce fruit. The next area is, the, and that new wineskin. Lord, give me a new wineskin. And those of you that need to take a new wineskin on today, say, Lord, I don't want to be an old wineskin. Give me a new wineskin today. Create a new heart in me, Jesus. Change my heart. Give me a fresh heart to receive your word. If the Lord is really speaking to you into that the fresh heart, why don't you just come forward now? If you really know that you need more right now, you can't just receive where you are in this. And, and I just want to make that available to some of you that might just say, Jesus, I need, I need desperately, I need a new heart. My heart's too hard. Why don't you just come forward? Just pray just if that's you and you, you feel like the Lord wants you to go a bit deeper. Why don't you just come up to the front of that? I just don't want to move on. I feel like the Lord might 
want to change some of your hearts right now. If there's no pause, anyone, I just feel, I just feel like there's someone, eh? Okay. Yeah, let's just allow the Lord to come here. And then as they come up, just why don't you pray for them? Just if there's people up, just pray that the Lord would just give them a new heart. You know, David says, I think he prays, says, Lord, give me a new heart or create in me a new heart. So some of the leaders, why don't you just come up and start praying for these guys. But please come forward. If the Lord wants to give you a new heart now, just come up and get a new heart from Him. If your heart is hard, if, you, if that, that word just can't go in anymore, allow Him to just to... But you've got to trust Him, hey? Only He can do it. I really think there's more, hey? Really, don't miss this moment, hey? God's going to want to do great things in your heart and great things with your life. So if, if you... If you know that your soil is use that downridden path, you know, it's just so like, you know, so many people have been walking on it or you've just been walking there and you haven't been able to, do you know what I mean? It just feels hard and it just feels like the same old thing all the time. And you need something new. Come up for something new. The Lord needs you. Eh? He needs you in His kingdom. And, and if your heart is hard, He's not going to be able to work with you like He could if your hearts are soft. I pray for all of us, Lord, with the Salah, Lord, the great Salah that we would have, that, or the great pause, Lord, that we would be able to pause. Lord, I pray against the distractions, Lord, of our lives. Some of those guys, and uh, you know, just come up for whatever it is. It may be just a distraction, or it may be something like porn. You know, if you're struggling with porn, come up uh, and if you, you might be coming up for distractions so if you come up we don't know what it is okay and don't judge but if you need to come up for that just slay that slay that dragon and just come up and get prayer because that thing will rob you of the word of God of you struggling with man I, I just can't do what Job did made a covenant with my eyes I need to make a covenant with my eyes today to not look lustfully at a young woman if you need to make that same covenant, and you may not be looking at porn, but you might be like, I just need to refresh that covenant. You know, maybe you're walking down the street and there's a lot of pretty women and you know that you should be like Job. Why don't you come up and make that covenant today and have someone stand with you in that? Because that thing will rob you and steal from you and destroy you. And that is every man's battle as we have often heard. Nothing... Not, that is not common to all. And then finally, I want to pray that our hearts would be good soil like Coca-Cola. When that Mentos goes in, that it will produce a reaction in us. That we would be responsive, as Rihanna said, that our hearts would interact with the Word of God. That he would speak to all of us and we would be changed and produce a hundred times, 60 or 30 times more. Lord, I pray for us 
Let it be, help us, Jesus, in our weakness. And everyone said, Amen, Amen.